This is your co-host, Mark, former Hooper, college Hooper, coach, trainer, hoop lover. You can follow me on Instagram at Breaking Barriers Training. Here with my guy since kids, future partner in coaching and business, GZAC. Hey, what's up, man? I'm your other co-host, Gerald, Hooper, coach, trainer, overall lover of the game. Y'all can follow me over on Instagram at GZ underscore hoops. I'm here with my boy since kids and my future coaching colleague. Thanks for tuning in with us and let's get straight to the episode. My bro, what's up, bro? Hey, what's good, bro? How we doing today? Pretty good, man. Another Sunday I get to see. So I'm blessed, man. How about you? Facts, bro. Um, we actually had a little opening kind of ceremony type thing in my parish out here in Baltimore. Um, there was no actual service being held, but people were able to get up in the church and kind of do their thing, pray a little bit this morning. So that kind of got me in a good mood today. So I'm ready to get after it here on the Breaking Barriers pod. For sure, man. That's love, man. That's love. That's a good thing, bro. For and sure. uh, before we get started, of course, we got to shout out Apple, Anchor, uh, Spotify, and all the other spots that show love, man. The whole, the whole gang. Whole gang. <laughs> For sure, bro. Hey, man. But today, first and foremost, it's our 10th episode already, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, man, We're going to continue to be pushing out the content every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday like we've been. But on this 10th episode, bro... Also corresponding with the last night of the Last Dance docu-series, right. I think it's time for us to really just sit down and talk about an all-time great, as in Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah, man, we've been getting a lot of requests from the fans to give him a full episode. Right, so we got to dedicate this one to Kobe. Um, obviously, we all know what happened to him a couple months ago, um, the horrible scenario that kind of went about there. We want to just right. say rest in peace to him, his daughter, all those involved in that terrible helicopter crash. And kind of when the NBA season was still going on, bro, I know you've seen there a lot of the teams were doing 24-second um, violations to just kind of show love to Kobe and kind of take it from there. I was thinking yeah. maybe we can kind of minuscule that and just give eight seconds of silence just to show our love real quick. Definitely. Alright, had to do that real quick for Kobe. R.I.P. Yeah, for sure, but man. We, we, we don't want to dwell on the negatives, bro. Let's highlight uh, the best of Kobe. So. For sure. I mean, man, sure, what bro. when you think of Kobe Bryant, like, what's your initial thoughts? Like, what's the first memory you have of Kobe? Oh, uh, man. So, the first memory I got of Kobe was Afro Kobe. Facts. You know. Froby. Because, I mean, yeah, Froby, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, you want to be honest, he, he was our generation MJ. So. Right. Um, you know, in, in my grandma's backyard, I had a little uh, hoop and a little tights hoop, actually, like a breakaway hoop. So, you know, right. I used to always be out there. And him and AI was the top two players uh, guard-wise at that time in, like, mm -hmm. 2000s. So, you know, I just always remember him just being out there, last-second shots, trying to be like him and uh, just try to grow the afro. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, you know, too, I had that mini hoop up in my garage. You came over a right. few times for that. Yeah. I mean, yep. everyone was just trying to be like Kobe back then. Like you said, he was definitely our MJ. Um, yep. Even myself, as a primarily LeBron James fan, I, I think he's kind of always been my guy just since we grew up closer to the Cleveland area. But 
no one can deny Kobe's overall greatness, and we definitely grew up with him, which is crazy. Um, definitely, definitely. When I first do it all, really. When I first think of him, though, it's kind of I, I hate to even bring it up. It's kind of a a down moment within his career. I think of that 2004 NBA Finals against the Pistons. Right. Because I mean, at that about it? at that point, about it? I mean, that's just like that's like my first vivid memory of him. I mean, we were about nine years old at that point. I think that's right. when I was really starting to truly fall in love with the game and kind of understand it more instead of just kind of running around like a little kid with my dad or whoever the heck was around me at the time. But I mean, obviously they, they took the L in that series, but like, that's when I, I seen Kobe for the first time, just dominating wherever, whenever he wanted to on the court. Oh yeah, definitely bro. And imagine if they would have won that, you know, we would have been talking about how he had six with MJ. So, I mean, you know, it was, it was definitely a series. Uh, he talked about with Shaq and, um, you know, he pretty much exploited in the interview what they could have did. So, you know, if they would have maybe approached that series different, I feel like they would have definitely swept, swept Detroit. Right. I know. I agree. I mean, that's the thing too. Like how crazy would have been if Kobe and Shaq never had any of those differences and they were able to just kind of rock with each other for years and years and years. Oh man, that, that combo was stupid while they had it. So, I mean, you know, to they would have been like the Bulls was. If you ask me, they would have just kept running it. Right. So, so um, you know, I mean, yeah, man, Kobe was definitely different. The ultimate competitor and just was just our MJ. He was, man. He was. And it's like, it's crazy, too. I mean, he came out of Pennsylvania, obviously, like yeah. we did. Um, yes. Arguably the Pennsylvania high school basketball goat. I mean, it's kind of understood that it has to be him at this point. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. It's crazy that he actually played a school based out of Erie, PA, where, I mean, obviously we're, we're very familiar with, too. Right, yeah. And, man, I mean, his senior year, this cat averaged 31, 12 <laughs> boards, 7 assists. Like, that's just not heard of in today's game, really. Oh, no. And, I mean, he just – he put his team on the back, on his back. Like, because I think the, the year before they had lost in a closed playoff game where they had just lost in the playoffs or something. Right. And, like – he didn't take that lightly. The ultimate competitor, like we said, you know, and he just put his team on his back and he was gone. That's one thing I always respected about him. Rather he beat the team that I liked or not. You just, you got to respect that, that grit that him and MJ got, you know, like they just going to go get it. And if they got to miss 10 shots to get hot, they going to do that, you know, and people may not agree with that, but they just compete because they want to win. Right. And that's the thing, like, Kobe truly was the definition of I'm going to do whatever the heck it takes to win that game. And kind of like you just said, like if it takes him 10, 20 shots of missing to kind of see that one go in that he's able to just kind of rifle off the next 15 all nets, he's going to do that. (laughs) Or if you need him to go lock up the best player on the other team, he's going to do that. If you need him to rebound, he's going to do that. It's just like he truly didn't care what was going on around him besides winning that game. And that's what, Definitely. obviously, during the last dance going on right now, we're seeing a lot of that throughout MJ's career. And, I mean, right. as we all know, Kobe based his style and gameplay mentality, everything off MJ. So Definitely. And, you know, one thing I saw, too, in an um, interview, I forgot who it was talking, but I saw them say, and this could testament to how he's a, a ultimate competitor, I saw them say Kobe was um, when he first played AI the first time. You know, when they came out as rookies, they had a different, um, how can I put it? They had a different 
scenario behind him. You know, AI was, you know, he was the man in high school, then got in that little trouble. Right. Then he, you know, Georgetown gave him a chance. And then, you know, he was, ended up becoming the first pick. And, uh, you know, Kobe was a star and came straight out of high school and was a 13th pick. Right. So, you know, you know, they had different lanes at the time. And AI was that dude. And, you know, he pretty much gave it to Kobe for some years. And they, they said Kobe came back after he got torched one time real bad by AI and was just like, yo, how can I become all-team defender? Mm-hmm. And, you know, after that, he was all-team defender for like 10 years straight or something Man. like that. So, I mean, you know. He just couldn't settle for no, less. No, and that's, I'm, I'm glad you even brought that up. Like, that 96 draft class was crazy talented, first and foremost. I mean, that might be the best class, man. I mean, shoot. Like you said, AI, number one. They had the likes of Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, Pedro Stoyakovich, Steve Nash, Jermaine O'Neal. And, I mean, there's many other dudes that not just, like, avid hoop watchers like us would recognize. Like, right. there's a lot of prominent names that people are like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I've heard of him. So, like, right. it's crazy that out of all these names listed, Kobe is the one that really just, like, stands out per se. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you you look at all the people you just named, and none of them got rings. Right. Him. So, I mean, you know, it's, it speaks volumes to, one, he didn't settle for, you know, being a top high school player and then coming out being drafted 13. He didn't settle for that. You know, he pretty much had a, a target of everybody who was drafted before him and all the people who was ranked higher than him in high school until he was ranked number one. So, I mean, it was just always – it was always something that was going to drive him. And then if he didn't have nothing left, he didn't need nothing left because he already wanted to win. So, And that's the thing too, bro. Like, during that time, like, going straight to the pros right out of high school was not ordinary by any means. So, it's like – At all. He seen Kevin Garnett do it. And he was like, all right, like, let me kind of see what I can go for and what I can kind of run with it as well. And then, like, like I was saying, like, it's not like today at all where obviously we have kids joining that G League select team that we've been talking about, kids going overseas. There's just so many different routes for individuals to kind of get to that next level and get to that professional level of basketball where back then, like, Cody right. was taking a risk, for real. Oh, a big risk. That could have been his right. career. I mean, so, he was 17, I mean, bro. You know. Yeah. Hey, I mean, like, dude, that takes a lot of kahunas to really believe in himself. But he knew what he was up against, and he wanted that challenge. You know, he's, I've seen him say several times, uh, you know, I saw Mike and was still in his prime at – or well, he was out of his prime, but he was still there enough to, you know, do what he needed to be able to do with his team-wise. And he wanted that challenge to play against Mike. So, you know, he could set his bar and see what he needed to work at. And, you know, fortunately, they ended up becoming like brothers. So, I mean, it worked out for him both for career-wise and for, you know, getting connected with people that he kind of looked up to. For sure, so, that's big bro and little bro right there, to a T. I mean, wow, yeah, bro. Definitely. And it's, it's crazy how they, like, are literally one and not even related or nothing like that. Like, it's just And you know wild. what brought them to get together? Uh, the All-Star game, right? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to dumb it down to the game of basketball. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. I thought you meant there oh, how no, they no, got no. cool. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right, though. What, yeah, I mean, you're right. We talk about all the time, like, how basketball is a part of us and we're able to make so many relationships, whether that's as players, as coaches, as teammates, everything in between. But, like, right. these two men, these kids, I guess, at the time, really were able to kind of just – 
somehow find each other and somehow become like you said one and just like just kind of yeah. go with it man it's crazy it's it's amazing bro and it's i mean you just got to respect mj because you know like they like people say real recognize real i think mj just recognized that he saw himself right. with kobe and it's kind of like let me take him under his wing and then i mean what more coincidence could it be that Kobe bases his game off of MJ. MJ played for Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson leaves MJ. Yeah, bro. How'd that work like, out? <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy coincidence. And it's like he was able to just fill Kobe in with the ropes of how to play like him, basically, and how to run the triangle. And, I mean, you see where it took him. Right. So, And that's uh, – it, it it's is, crazy. Bro. And it's like how – like like we said, like this dude was 17 years old and being like, okay, I'm about to go to the A. Like think back when you were 17. What were you doing? I was thinking about what D one college I was trying to get. <laughs> but we were into. like juniors in college or juniors in high school. I mean, just like chilling, like doing doing whatever right. whatever kids really do. And like he was yeah. taking the uh, path less traveled. I mean, he even had to have his parents co-sign his initial contract with the Lakers because he wasn't old enough to do it by himself. He wasn't an independent. Couldn't even go to the club with his team. <laughs> like he's in a gym. There, the rest of the club at, at a club somewhere. He's right. in a gym, you know. But he, that wasn't his scene, anyways. To to be in those no club. But I mean, it's just you know, Kobe, man. It's, it's Kobe, and his is he left a legacy that you know everybody's gonna be able to respect him for it because whether it's on the court or off the court, I mean, we could talk about him on the court all day, but him off the court, he was just as much loved and respected just because of how much of an activist he was for the women's uh, national basketball oh, association. Yeah, you know, I'm, it's crazy how much respect they don't get, but he wanted to make sure they got that respect. For that sure. And we, we've talked about this on multiple shows, but it's like, obviously he had his uh, beloved daughter, Gigi, passed away, RIP. But like, that wasn't the only reason he wanted to bring light to the women's game either. Obviously he wanted right. to, allow her to play the game that she also enjoyed and kind of grow with it and run with it. But like Kobe was a very detail oriented player. Hence the show he had on ESPN called detail, but that's why he showed so much love to the women's game. Because if you really break it down, those ladies out there, they do everything to a T like they are very, very specific within their gameplay. And that's how how Kobe played too. It's, it's a completely different style between, let's say, the WNBA to the NBA. And he very much enjoyed how they kind of played the game and how they ran with it. And, yeah, man, I mean, that's what it, it really is upsetting. Like, he was, like, full-heartedly showing love to the women's game day in and day out. And now it's just kind of a little different. Obviously, he's not here. I mean, and the, him, him, us losing him, you know, you felt like you knew him in a sense because it's like, you people on the who people who don't really you know are competitors as fans you know they of course they're not gonna like him they like like MJ they think he's arrogant for one and, you know it's just they might not like his style of play or the style of way he talked to his teammates but it's like you know you you meet him off the court he's a totally right. different person and and then it's like you know when we lost him it's like you felt like you know you knew him you just I mean I cried I ain't gonna lie no nah, me like too bro him, you know and it's and it's like you kind of get that sense that he ain't here. And it's like, he going to be in the hall of fame soon. And we can't even hear right. his speech, you know? And it, I, I kind of looked forward to his speech because I wanted to know what joke he was going to throw out there as long, as well as what story he was going to give behind 
what made him want to be a Hall of Famer. So, you know, I mean, that would be always something that we won't be able to get to. But, I mean, I know he's still shining his light. And, uh, you know, it's just just got to keep his legacy going by keep talking about him and, and have that Mamba mentality. For sure. That and that's what I was about to really dive into, too, and ask you, like, you brought up Mamba mentality. I mean, to right. me, really, man, that just means, like, doing anything and everything to gain some sort of advantage on your competition. And that's not even just within the break, basketball game. That's everything in life. So, like, right. I mean – I don't know, man. Like, what, what, what do you think of when you hear Mamba mentality and, like, kind of how do you implement it within your day-to-day? Uh, what, I, what I think about it when I hear it is, uh, you know, just don't give up and you ain't scared enough. And, like, you're supposed to be the most – you're supposed to have the most deadliest, deadliest attitude ever, you know. So, rather it's with sports or your job, you know, you just don't want to be outdone. And then um, how I put it to my day-to-day is I try to – get better at something I maybe wasn't good at the day before or, you know, like with this podcast, you know, we want more views every right. show. So just try to push it more and just do the same. What For about sure. You? I mean, I'm definitely a very competitive dude within everything that I'm doing, but I mean, I have to just first and foremost say I'm nowhere near as competitive as Kobe or MJ or they're, they're just on a completely <laughs> different level than most uh, normal individuals per se, but that's what made them the, the ghost right. that they are really. But, like, I just right. – I, I brought this up a couple episodes ago, but, like, I just, like, always kind of being one step ahead of anyone within any kind of tactic that I'm going about. So, like, I mean, whether it's at work, I like being the first one in, and I kind of like being the last guy to clock out as well. And it's just, like, I like knowing what I'm doing that day along with the next day and the next day after that. I never like having that feeling in my gut like I'm behind in any sense. That just – I've never been able to do that. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, and that's that's a great mentality to have too, though, because it keeps you up right. with everything. And it, it's just like um, with with him speaking on the Mamba mentality multiple occasions, and then like you just you watch how he followed right. what he preached, and it's just, it's just like it's, it amazes you in a sense because you like, all right, a lot of people say they're gonna do this or do that, and it's like. If they didn't do it, oh, I try. Even if they didn't, but I mean, he gonna set, he gonna try it, and he's gonna do it to the best of his abilities to say he was able to try, and then he's gonna do it again just to make sure he could do it, you know. And that's look how he turned that little team he was coaching with his daughter around. He said when he, they first started, they couldn't right. even dribble the ball, and then he went from not being able to dribble to they winning almost every tournament and they playing a whole grade up. So I mean, it's. You know, like he he preached brick by brick, and now I, I catch myself saying that a lot, and it's it's just true. Like brick by brick, you got to sure. build every day. No nah, man, I mean it's a process, and it's just like I feel like Kobe and MJ, and then I, I keep kind of catching myself intertwining the two, just because yeah, you I have mean, to. They're, they're one <laughs> yeah. one in its own, but it's like I feel like they were always just trying to work towards some sort of goal. And they wanted to cross that yeah. goal off their list. And that's kind of how I've always been. Obviously, like I said, not on the level of what they were doing. But it's like they were the ones that kind of showed me how to be organized and how to kind of just work for what I want. And once I get that, I can cross that off and go on to the next task that I'm trying to get. So it's like right. Kobe has definitely enlisted that within our generation and generations to come, really. And it's like. Oh man, it's so sad that he's gone. But like, 
I kind of wanted to bring up, like, he – obviously, we know he trains dudes like Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, and they very much so kind of felt the nostalgia of Kobe passing. And those are those are obviously great players within our game today. But, like, do you think they truly have that Mamba mentality or – is there any player in today's game that kind of sticks out to you that has that Mamba mentality? Uh, Westbrook. Right. That's honestly sure. that's what I was about to say too. <clears throat> I think <clears throat> the guys you named, don't get me wrong, they're killers, but um, I don't know. I mean, Kobe was lax, right. don't get me wrong, but um, you know, Westbrook just got that. I'm not talking to you. I'm not mm-hmm. dapping you up. And that's what Kobe that's what Kobe honestly had. You know, like, like I said, the guys you named that he trained, you know, they're dogs on the court, but they also want to be friends on the court. Right. And you you didn't see no friendship between Kobe and nobody until his last couple years. No. And and that's exactly how MJ did it as well. So um, you know, um yeah, I pretty much have to say Westbrook. Right. And that's the thing, like Kyrie Tatum, Booker, etc. Like they're all very, very highly skilled players. And that's also mm-hmm. why they worked with Kobe, just to work on the little things, their, their footwork, kind of just positioning themselves in the right spot to do what they need to do to individually right. succeed. Where, like, you right. have Westbrook, he's a dude that's just like, man, I'm going to go hard as, you know what, until that clock hits <laughs> zero, and I'm going to do it, whatever it takes to win that game and just kind of move on from there. And after that, right. I don't want to talk right. to you. I want to go home and relax, recover, and get ready for my my next job, which is the next game, the next practice, whatever it may be. Exactly, and you know, I mean that that's a crazy mentality to have because I mean you really locked in to your craft. So, I mean, you know that it's hard to come by for real, right? You you just got to respect that hustle. But um, which so which Kobe did you like better, number eight Kobe or twenty four? Well, if you if you would see my notes in front of me right now, that's literally what I was about to ask you. But <laughs> man, I mean, like, I just, that's another thing too. I just remember when it came about that he was randomly switching to number twenty four. I can I can right, see yeah. myself little little GZ just like <laughs> sitting at my desktop computer in my parents' living room, like googling like why is Kobe changing his number or. Kobe number 24 highlights like what like what's the difference and I mean to to say who I like better I think I enjoyed I mean I I, I don't know man that's tough I seen more of number 24 than eight right right but then again number eight was crazy athletic and that's obviously what a lot of us enjoy watching the high flyers the dudes that kind of just fly up and down the court and do whatever the heck they want to do with the ball but that that number 24 was so smart, and I definitely, I definitely respect that more. I guess, but man, it's definitely a tough question. <laughs> who who would you pick, yeah. or like who who'd you prefer? Uh I had to go with twenty four just because he did it without Shaq. So, you know that that was his goal. Once Shaq left, the first thing everybody said was he couldn't win without Shaq. So you know, I mean, of course it's gonna be like he said, brick by brick, right. take some years. But I mean, um, you just gotta respect twenty four because you think about it, he literally it's it's amazing how him and MJ careers like almost exactly the same. It's scary. Like, um, if you think about it, he won three with number eight. Right. But th- but then when he came back, he went to three more finals and could have possibly well, technically he could have had six if they had beat Detroit. But even right. with that without that one, without that one, they could have 
won another three-peat back-to-back-to-back mm-hmm. when they uh, lost to Boston in 08. Right. So, you know, you just got to respect that 24 Kobe because he lost to Boston and, and pushed his team back to two more finals and then ended up beating the same Boston team that was probably better in 2010 than 2008. Probably. And, and beat them in a seven-game series, so. What a horrible shooting night on the last one. Right. And he pulled down like 15 rebounds yeah, he was to make up for that. Yeah, he crazy on the boards. So, you know, you just got to respect that. I think I like them both, like you said, but I think 24, I have to go with him more. Right. And it's just like, kind of like you said, 24 was obviously more mature. That comes right. with, obviously, just getting older, getting older in age, and just understanding the game more. I mean, like we brought up a little bit ago, I mean, Number eight came into the league at 17 years old. Like, that's just a whole yep. different part of your life, man. I mean, <laughs> me, me, yeah, that's that's yeah. You're me right. sitting here at 24 years old is completely different than me sitting in whatever class I was taking at the age of 17. Like, it's just it's two different worlds. And it's like, and then think about your hoop mentality at 17 compared to oh, now. Oh man, like I knew I knew like nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And you're like, I'm breaking this person down. Like, you making it a one-on-five competition, you know? And that's kind of how he came into the league. And for people who's watching The Last Dance with the episode of Kobe on there, you heard MJ say a couple times, like, he don't let the game settle down to come to him. He going to go and take it. Right. You know, so that Kobe with number eight compared to when they won that three-peat each year, he just gradually started understanding. Like, he was still going to get his shots up. But, you know, he started understanding, all right, I got to get this person involved to get them to play this way later on. And, you know, he just became more of a uh, mentor and a a better leader. Right. That's the thing. He definitely learned how to pick his spots more on the court as opposed to just going full throttle 24-7. Kind of like you said in that first All-Star game with Mike. I mean, they straight up called him out like, yeah, that that little kid from the Lakers, like he's just trying to go one-on-one the whole time. Like, let let him go. Like, it's not even – I'm not going to say it's not a factor within the game, but, like, you know what he's going to do. He's very one-dimensional. And as the years went on, like you said, he learned to kind of trust his teammates more. He was able to implement a very, very high level of footwork within his game. I mean, obviously the athleticism started to go away as the years went on, but he himself was a better overall player. Yep. And he just became addicted to basketball. I mean, who sits there and really watches the game three to five hours and literally rewind every play for five times at least? Like, Man. you know, that's just too much detail. Right, and that's the thing. Like, we love the game, like, very much so. But, like, he was just – he's just different, man. Like, no no one sees the game like Kobe and MJ do. Yeah, definitely, bro. And it's like you, – their freaking nature is – because first of all, the stuff that people say they was able to do, and then um, you know, like you said, nobody loves it the way they do, like with the passion. Now, I, I heard Kobe say it a couple of times in the interview, MJ's more competitive than him. He's only competitive with things he know he's good at. He said MJ's competitive with everything, right. but I, I highly doubt that Kobe wasn't a competitive person with everything. I highly doubt it. Yeah, I mean, he might have just got more upset if he was doing something, like, out of his ordinary and he would lose, so then he would be one of those dudes, like, and, like, I wasn't even trying that hard. <laughs> There's no lie. That, that's how I am. I'm not even going to lie. I know I sometimes. It depends what it is. I can't reflect. But, I mean, you know, they said he went from 
not being able to play the piano and he put his mind to it and wanted to learn how to play the piano and he learned how to play his piano for uh anniversary with him and his wife Man. so i mean it's just brilliant how smart he was he spoke um, so many languages bro bro luca Doncic said he was standing on the side and he heard somebody talking in his language and he looking around like who speaking to me in my language and it's kobe, kobe just sitting there <laughs> you know smiling at him like so you know i mean it's that man was amazing right bro. And that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit ago, just how determined and uh, intelligent he was within the game. It's like he used to, like you said, just watch film for hours and hours on end. And he would even call Mike 3 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever time of the day, night, just ask him little things like, hey, man, if I send you this clip, like, can you just let me know, like, what my left foot should have done? what my right. my right elbow should have done. Like, just random stuff like that. Like, I, I don't look at the game that closely. I want I want, <laughs> I want to, but dang. Like he, Me neither, man. man. He was obsessed, bro. And that's the thing. Like, he definitely showed guys like us what it's like to be obsessed with your craft and kind of just go from there. Let everything right. play its course. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If you put the work in, you're going to get it done. Right, and that's the only way you can get to where you want to get is by putting in work and those shortcuts. And, um, you know, to touch on what you just said before that, how he could call Mike, I mean, once again, you got to give respect to Mike because I know if somebody called me at 2, 3 in the morning to ask me a question <laughs> about basketball, I'm, we got to fight. Man. Fight, you know, and it's just like, but Mike seen that hunger that he had, and then, you know, uh, I mean, at any time of the night, you feel comfortable calling somebody, you know, so I think that speaks volumes as well to their relationship because, you know, you can't call everybody at that time. For sure. And that's, and it's just, that's what I was going to say, too. It's like, how different do you think things would have been if Mike would have been like, man, like, I- I'm not helping you out, kid. Like, stop calling me. Like, don't hit me up. Like, when we see each other, we can say hi. But, like, more or less, like, what yeah. if MJ wasn't that mentor figure that he was towards Kobe? I don't know if I don't know if Kobe ever figures. I I mean I'm not gonna say he wouldn't figure the game out because like we've been saying he was addicted to it. But I don't think he figured it out. He would have figured it out from MJ's standpoint. Right. Be, and what I mean by that is, you know, we we didn't already said it. He said it. Everybody established he based his game off MJ. Mm-hmm. But I think he kind of would have had to go into his own route maybe, and probably just studied MJ in the game that much more, or he probably would have kind of had to find his own Kobe. Right. And you know, uh, who knows if he would have got them two rings without Shaq. So, right. uh, I think MJ definitely played a big part, especially in them later years. I mean, being able to go to MJ when you still got Phil as your coach, you know his system up and down. Right. Now you just need to see from a point of view where your team is less talented than it was. For sure. So. And that's what I'm interested to see. I brought this up a couple episodes ago, but there's uh, confirmation that there will be a documentary following Kobe within his last uh, – NBA season, um, the 2015-16 season, man, we definitely need that sooner than later just to kind of help everybody realize how great he was within the game of basketball. And I want to see him off the court as well because that's what, like, even with MJ, I mean, we knew how great he was as a player, but until the last dance, I don't think everybody realized how crazy he was. Yeah, I don't think they did. I don't think – I think everybody just knew that – you know, people from his generation who was able to see him, um, you know, was able to be like, oh, he's good, this and that. But 
we see this generation, but I mean, you know, them dudes is just different, bro. And I think these documentaries shows another side of them and it's able to help you respect them more if you're uh, a true fan of the game. Because, you know, you see how they were on the court, but then you see a total different side. Like, I just seen the picture on Instagram today where MJ's daughter admitted, like, um, you know, I wasn't really comprehending then what was going on and why everybody's making this big fuss about my dad and now watching the last dance and seeing highlights, you know, I see why he's the GOAT. Man, and it's that's just, crazy. You know, it's a, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're walking around, imagine walking around and he your dad and you wonder why everybody's trying to swarm you, you know, and then you got to wait. 20 something years to get a documentary that he was holding just to see why he was who he was. Right. You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Damn, damn. It's crazy, crazy. And dude, like another thing we got to at least talk about for a minute here, man, in 06, when he dropped 81 on the Raptors and Jalen Rose. It's a must. We got to talk about man. that. <laughs> I, that's just <laughs> absurd. 81 points. Bro. And 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 the team had how many twenty something? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> come, come on, bro, that's embarrassing. And that's what, it's always funny. Like obviously, Jalen Rose, prominent uh, NBA analyst uh, on ESPN, ABC, all that. But like, right. every year around that time frame when that game happened, they'll be like, "Hey, Jalen, like, like what what do you think? And like, how was that playing in that? And like, he's just like, man, like I gotta just take my hat off to him. Like, they were playing good D on him. Like he was just going bonkers. Yeah, man. His, he said his grandma was in the stands that night, so he had to put on a mm-hmm. show. And it's crazy because they ended up making, before Kobe died, they ended up making a commercial about that, about the 81s. Did you ever see no, that? No, I did not. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to send you the commercial oh, after. It, so basically what the commercial was, was I guess they was like out to eat at dinner or something, and Kobe was sitting by himself, and then Jalen was somewhere else. And uh, the waiter asked Kobe, did he want something? And somehow, some way, Kobe referenced the joke to where he said something about 81 points. Huh. And, and Jalen just looked at him like, you really going to say this right now? <laughs> you know, and then they laughed it off. I mean, it's, it's the commercial. That's part of the commercial. Right. But it's just, it was it was funny because, you know, it was like how many years later and they still talking about <laughs> the 81 points. But, I mean, that's ridiculous. Right, I mean. Because it's crazy. Like, that was 19 points off 100. <sighs> Man, you think about it. Oh, that's so. the thing. It was just such an iconic game, and it just really shows how iconic of a player Kobe was. Man, I mean, he wasn't just a scorer either, though. We gotta throw that out there. Mm-mm. He gonna play that defense, and he gonna guard the best player. Like, think about his last couple of years when he was guarding LeBron in the All Star. Man, went from LeBron to D Wade. Like he was, he never took, he never took nothing lightly. No. And he said that if you took it lightly on me, he ain't respect you, and he was gonna be mad at you. Right. So. You know, just gotta you gotta respect that man. You always gotta. I feel like you gotta put him in the top five. Oh yeah, well that's what I mean. If you guys didn't listen to our last episode, we talked about the Bleacher Report article that came out a couple days ago, throwing out the top NBA players, ranking them from one to seventy-four of all time. Right. And Kobe wasn't in the top five. He was listed at number nine. And if you want to hear our true thoughts of that kind of top 10 list, go back to episode nine. But we can kind of spit on what we thought about Kobe now since it's a Kobe-oriented episode. But, right. I mean, that's just bl- it's blasphemous. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, you, you know how it is, man. Like you said last episode, they try to stir things up. But Fact. Uh, I think they kind of, you know, just got to stop that. Right. I mean, like we always say, um, 
when you talk about the GOAT comparison, who are you talking about? MJ, Braun, Kobe. Right, man. So there's no reason that those three shouldn't be one, two, and three on anybody and everybody's list. Yeah, so if you got something different, you're you're blasting. Right, right, right. So, man, I mean, honestly, bro, how about we got to at least touch on, too, like, how, how just, like, respectful and just how crazy it is that he was able to play 20 seasons with one team. Oh, man. And don't forget, let's not forget, he asked for a trade at one point, too. Right. So, you know, for them not to trade him and then he just stayed there the rest of the season and gets respect. Um, the way he the way he went about it, you know, they didn't like it at first. So he was getting booed for a little bit. And then to go on and, you know, finish his career there and then to just see how he became the best Laker, the greatest Laker, and, you know, won over the Laker fans. I mean, that's – I don't think we're going to ever see that again. No, I mean – it's almost unheard of, man. I mean, just think of today's game where dudes are just going team to team. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the name of the game is to win a championship, so I'm not going to knock anybody for going anywhere, really. That's why, like, I, I didn't like all the hate on KD, on Braun, etc. just because as a competitor, you're trying to win that chip. Why not? But, right. But with Kobe, like, he did not want to go anywhere, anywhere else. Mm-mm. He didn't want to win anywhere else. He was a Laker for life, and he was like, man, like, I'm going to get it done here. Whether I got Shaq, whether I got Derek Fisher, whether I got Lamar Odom, whether I got Sasha Vujicic. Like, he don't care who he got. It's going to happen. So let me ask you a question. What do you think the finals would have been like in 09, L.A. versus Cleveland? Man, dude, that that's the missing finals of our lifetime. Bro. Yes, because if you think about it, they both had the same record, 66 and 16. Oh, something man. like that so that was the best in the west best in the east you know so that was like you said that was the one we missed and uh braun i hate to say it but you you your team gave up on us man losing to magic. magic i mean that was that should have never happened man that hurts man yeah. i mean dwight howard was going crazy that series and i don't understand like, how <laughs> i mean shoot like if lebron and kobe would have faced off in that 09 finals i mean it would just be Legendary. I don't even know. Like, uh, yeah, it's I'm at like lost for wars, and I mean, honestly, like I said, I'm a Cavs fan, but I'm assuming that the Lakers would have won, yep, and that there'd be even more knock on Braun saying like, "Oh, he can't win, he can't do this, he can't do that." So maybe it's kind of a good thing it never happened, but shoot, I don't know, bro. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's one we could have talked about who would have did this and that, but I mean, it's just like you said, it was one that. We kind of need it for the NBA because, I mean, honestly, the the L.A. versus Orlando one was boring. They got they got all these guys who, quote, unquote, is the Kobe stopper or could stay in front of Kobe, and he just flat out torched them every game. Yeah, that was cap. I mean, you know, like, come on, Michael Petras st- staying in front of Kobe or Matt. No, Matt Barnes came the next year, I think. Or the, right or, when he yeah the next year when he did that ball yeah flicks. he wasn't there yeah uh, who else Jameer Jam- Nelson Jam- Jameer Nelson Hito Turkaloo come on man <laughs> y'all y'all really thought this team was gonna beat Kobe Kobe dang near beat him by himself so Facts. I mean you know it, I just wish Braun would have been there because I feel like that would have been a better series because in the regular season the two games was lit you know I think one time it came down to like a six point game ended up being because of fouls so you know what I mean. We needed that, bro. For sure. I mean, everybody wanted to see 23 versus 24. And, yep, 
them puppets. Remember them puppets they had the commercial? Yeah, those those are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> With Nike, yeah, they were. Yeah, it was definitely lit, bro. I mean, you know, bring that basketball back too, though. I bring that True. basketball. That was competition back then. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Even when Bron and Kobe, like on the court, they weren't close like that. But off the court, they they respect each other. They did uh, whatever they needed to kind of help each other out throughout their lifetime and kind of go from there. Yeah, definitely. And I I, I can respect that because, um, you know, they still competed. Like they'll you know they'll dap each other up before the game start. But once that ball go up, Kobe might foul him hard. But it's nothing against him. It's just he don't want you to think that you got an edge over him. And that's another right. thing with MJ, too, that they both had. They never wanted you to feel like you had an edge uh, about that and uh, or on them. And, you know, pretty much just show when they played, bro. Right. Yeah, for sure. Hi, this is Breaking Barriers Pod. Thank you for supporting. And I also want to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on things such as Spotify, Apple, Podcasts, and many more. So again, if you haven't already, please go download Anchor and make your own podcast. Thank you. You know, bro, so, you know, it's just, you just got to respect uh, everything that come with these guys, bro. But did you have any uh, other questions or any other thing you wanted to speak on about Kobe? Uh, about Kobe, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but, like, how bad and, like, how how crazy do you think his mind was going into kind of his day-to-day that he was not able to get that six ship and uh, match Mike? Because you know that that was his obsession, had to be. Bro, <laughs> I think I think it got him, but then again, I think I think he was able to just uh, really be at peace with it, right? Because of the fact he didn't got five, so if he ain't top Mike, he's still top Shaq. So yeah, uh, he definitely wanted to get the knock on Shaq. That's fine. definitely. So you know, um, you just you just gotta you just gotta. I think he was just able to look at it and be like, you gotta. Take it what it is. You gave all you had. Right. You you played as hard as you could, and you left it all on the floor. And, I mean, I don't know if this happened, but I bet Mike sent him a text like, hey, like, I still got one more. <laughs> <laughs> just being the competitors that they are. Right, right. And it's like, just imagine their conversations, bro. Right. And that's what I was just going to say. Like, when he would call him at 3, 4 a.m., like, Mike probably was like, man, what? Like. Like, leave, like, leave me alone. Like, or like, he would be giving him advice, and Kobe would be like, "Well, like, he would rebuttal somehow." Like, they definitely had to butt heads a lot just because they wanted to be the guy. They wanted to be right per se. Did but you ever like, hear their first uh, interaction? How it went down? In the what? In the locker room? In the forum? Yeah, At, yeah. In yeah. the OLA gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how I think that's how they, all their conversations was. They said, "Kobe." I mean, Kobe was in practice with Phil, and Phil, you know, sensed that Kobe was uh, just like him, like MJ. And Phil uh, bought MJ just to see them practice, and he told him if he wanted to run with him, he could play too. And the first thing Kobe said to MJ was, do you got your shoes? He was trying to bust him. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? So, I mean, like, I just feel like that's the first thing they got to do to each other is they got to go straight at each other's throat. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, as a competitor myself, I wish I could have, 
you know, witness that just because you looking at your 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 idol and your brother. And it's like Kobe said that somebody one of his teammates when he first came in the league and played MJ for the first time told him, Whatever you do, don't look MJ in the eye because he'll get mad and, you know, go off. Man. And Kobe like, why can't I look him in the eye? That's the same person I am, you know, and it's just like for him to have that mentality at a young age and then, you know, him and Mike gradually and gradually and grow to be like brothers and then like close friends it's just it just amazes me because like you said you would think that it was always somebody trying to one-up each other to be that that dude but it was just a cordial love for sure i mean man like i uh, man i just wish he was still here so he could be watching the last dance alongside of us i would love to hear his two cents on episode to episode you know what i'm saying oh the detail bro and I'm sick that he only had like about a five minute snippet. You might as well say, right? It, it's it's sick, and they hyped it up that much to make it like he was gonna be like half the show, and he was just the beginning, man. Yeah, but that was that was kind of crappy. <laughs> it was horrible, bro. And it's like, man, Kobe. But R.I.P. Kobe. And you know, uh, if there ain't nothing else you want to touch on as far as Kobe, bro, what you let, let's touch on some of the last dances, this the last two episodes. We got to at least bring up Deer Basketball for a sec, bro. Ooh, hey, let's not forget Kobe, an author, author too. Right. So, you know, he's not just a basketball player. That's a, I, need, I, need to get, I need to get some of his novels for real. Hey, I, I heard his book is good. That what? The one he wrote, more than the, uh, not more than a game, but um, I forgot what it's called. I had to look at it and tap it. Mamba Mentality. I'm yeah, sure. right. yeah, I think that is. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I heard that's good, so I got to tap it with that. Facts. But, I mean, like, even just with that little short film, I mean, dude, he was the first former athlete to win an Academy Award, which is crazy. Now, how the hell you do that? (laughs) I mean, man, like, this dude, like, kind of like how at the end of Episode 7 of The Last Dance, when Mike was just showing full emotion in the sense that, like, he was like, man, you're either going to do this with me or you're not. Like, if you don't want to win, like, get out of my way. And, like, you've seen the emotion in his eyes and his face, like... He had to tell the camera guy, like, cut it, essentially. Right. And man. it's like, that's kind of what Deer Basketball was like to Kobe. I mean, dude, right. he straight up said, like, a love so deep, I gave you my all from my mind to my body to my spirit and my soul. Like, that, like, basketball was him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just, you know, like he said, I, I gave, you asked for, how did the quote go? You asked for, my heart and I gave you my body or something like that. You know? Yeah, just so, something crazy. I mean, you know, like, I, I think he knew that he had a platform to, you know, pretty much express how much he loved basketball from a different standpoint than him just going and winning championships and him telling in the interview, like, I want to win. I think that was his way to, you know, solidify that, how much he loved it. And then for him to go and tell the person who helped him write that, if you want to be on a winning team, come join me. I mean, how, how bold of a statement is that? <laughs> Man, and then to to just go and do that, you know, uh, like MJ said, nobody never expected this guy to go and get an Emmy, and you go get it, you know, or was it a Grammy or Emmy? Which one was it? Uh, I mean, you want an Academy or okay, okay, yeah. Well, whichever one he won, no athlete was supposed to win. So, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, he he did go in in so many ways. Is you got to respect him because, like we said, whatever he gonna put his mind to, he gonna do. And he just going to be the best at it. And he going to come out with a win one way or another. That's facts. And that's really – that's that's what we kind of want to end on, at least within our, our Kobe talk here. Like, right. arguably, 
the most fierce competitor that the game has ever seen. And it wasn't even just on the court. Everything that he did, he did it to the best of his ability. And he wanted to grow personally and along with the individuals that he was kind of tagging along with him. So it's like, he's just a genuine soul. He's a, yeah. he's a goat in our world, in any world. And RIP to him, man. That's all. Forever. RIP to Kobe and all the other families that had to deal with the tragedy. Right. And kind of for our, our avid listeners here, obviously this episode is a little different in the sense that we normally kind of go topic to topic. It's a little bit more factual along with our personal opinions. But for Kobe, it's like we just wanted to throw out our two cents and kind of just chop it up for a little bit about one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, man. I mean, besides the, you guys, the ones, like you said, that listens uh, periodically, you know, we just wanted to do what y'all asked. We try to keep up with y'all and do what y'all ask. And a lot of y'all said we'd be talking about Kobe so much. Why can't we have a full episode on him? So, right. you know, we just felt like we needed that. And why not express the greatness about one of the greats? So. For sure. I mean, the timing was impeccable, too. The, yeah. Our 10th episode, which is kind of like a milestone for us, mini one. Um, for sure. For sure. The night of the last two episodes of The Last Dance. So, I mean, it just really worked out in every every which way. So, yeah. I mean, with that, bro, obviously, episodes 9 and 10 are tonight. I mean, I'm I'm sad to see that this is coming to an end already. Oh, this was our basketball. This was our basketball. And it's like, now we just, now we got to find something to watch man, <laughs> all man. over again. Bro, I mean, I feel like it just started low-key. Like, I mean, this whole quarantine thing's been crazy for everybody. But, like, right. this was one thing, obviously, we were all able to look forward to. Like, all right, every Sunday night, I'm going to be chilling on the couch, watching two great episodes. And just kind of run with it from there. Right. And you think about it, bro. Everybody's thing consisted of the same thing. And you got to, we got to give a shout out to ESPN too. We know y'all be tapping in. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you just got to give them respect too. Because they, they trying their best to just weather the storm like everybody else. And it's, uh, you know, first they had that little 2K tournament amongst the uh, NBA players. Which was, was, it was all right. But yeah, you know, it was something bad. to at least watch. Right. It was something to at least watch. Then they did and horse. Then, yeah, and then they went on to do this. So, I mean, you know, everybody might not have wanted to watch all the, the other stuff we named, but it at least gave you something to try to at least stick around to watch or, or you know, uh, keep around on your TV because pretty much now you're just watching reruns besides The Last Dance if you're interested in sports. So. Right, and that's the thing too, man. It's like I've talked to a lot of people out here, or, I mean, anywhere really, but, like, not only basketball fans, players, coaches are watching The Last Dance. Like, everybody is. Obviously, everybody. Obviously, due to the standstill that, like, our world's kind of in. But it's also, like, I want to learn. I want to just kind of witness what all the hype was about for MJ. You know what I'm saying? And it's, like, right. even if I'm a, prom, pro, like, primarily football guy, I'm a baseball guy, it's, like, there's really nothing else on anyway. So, let me let me tap in with this. Right. And it's just... You know, you kind of get the sense of how he was, and you get to you get to really f- get a feel for uh, maybe why they all were the way they were. Not just necessarily MJ either, because you know you got to deal with so much scrutiny being up there in in the limelight. Period. Oh so man, for sure. You got to you got to deal with just being MJ's teammate, right? And then you got to deal with you're on the team as well. You're a professional. You got to deal with you may not have played a good game, so. Now you got to deal with MJ getting on you and then the media asks you a certain private question or why was you struggling? You know, so it was a lot of 
things going on amongst the team. And for them to be able to put their focus all in one, it was just amazing. And you got to tip your hat off to Phil Jackson because I heard, you know, all his players say he kind of twisted it to where he made the players feel like from the GM all the way to the world was against them, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that helped them build that championship mentality to where they was just like, you know, F everybody. Right. You know, it's, it's us against the world and we going we want to win and we're going to win until you stop us. And the only way they was able to be stopped was Jerry Krause. So, right. um, Man. That's amazing. I mean, it's just, the last dance is amazing. Right, it's just crazy. I mean, we've learned so much in these first eight episodes. Now, I'm very Man. interested to see what nine and tail have nine and ten have in store for us tonight. I mean, the flu game. You know, the flu game. Right. Be so up that's in there. that's what I was gonna say. So like episodes one through eight, there was always kind of leaks or like ESPN would kind of throw out like, let's say the topics for the upcoming episodes, but. For 9 and 10, they've been kind of keeping them on lock. They want to build up the suspense. Obviously, it's the finale. But like right, like right. you said, they got to have the flu game in there. I mean, I, th- right. I think they're going to talk a lot, or at least have a, something about um, that 1998 Eastern Conference Finals against Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Because I've seen a lot of things on former Chicago Bulls players saying like, yeah, like that 98 series against the Pacers, that might have been the most difficult series we ever faced. Yeah, I mean, bro, they you said the he said the Utah one. Yeah, so I mean, you, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you brought up Utah, and I said I said the uh, '98 Eastern Conference Finals against the okay, Pacers. Okay, Conference. Okay, I thought you. Okay, yeah, bro. I mean, that that series I think was the toughest one for them because they was pretty much facing a team that wasn't scared of them and it was young. Right. So, uh, I think. That that one really tested them uh, physically and mentally because they had to really lock in. For sure, they had a they had a team that could possibly knock them off their throne and you know just go in places that they probably haven't been tested in in some years. Because you know once he came back, they lost to the Magic's and then they ran from there. So, right. Um. You know, yeah, that one was probably one of their hardest series for sure. For sure, and like I mean. Obviously, we'll see what, what the night really has for us. And obviously, every Tuesday, at least the last, what, 10 or or five Tuesdays, we've been yeah. kind of going over our thoughts on the previous Sunday's episode. So if you want to hear our initial thoughts, our initial comments on these last two episodes of The Last Dance, make sure you all tune in with us on Tuesday of the Breaking Barriers pod, and we can kind of run from there. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, y'all definitely got to keep tapping in. We trying to give y'all all the content we can because, you know, the quarantine don't got us doing nothing we want to do. Won't let us do nothing we want to do, I should say. Right. You know, so we just could work and talk basketball and just keep researching stuff on basketball. So definitely tap in because we trying to keep this going for y'all. For sure. And honestly, the love that we've been getting is great. Like, our views are going up and up, and we really appreciate that. But all of you guys that are out there that are tuning in to maybe this one's your first time or if you are a consistent listener, just maybe help us out, man. Leave a, a like, a review, subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts. Even just share our right. information along your social medias, man. We just want to keep growing and get these viewerships up and kind of go from there. We want to bring the best content for you guys, but obviously with you helping us out, that will make us – want to do this a little bit more, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it definitely do, bro. You make a lot of sense. And uh, 
we just trying to get people to understand that we just two dudes who love the game and we just so happen not to talk about it. Facts. So, you know. And uh, also, we want to uh, speak on Tuesday a little bit. We won't give too much, but we are hoping for a guest from um, a, a D1 school, you know, that's well known. Should we should we give him should we give him where he's from, or should we just leave that un, un oh, you know, I think unannounced. I think all I'll say is, like you said, he's an individual that works at a Division One program that's very well known, and right. he is on a coaching staff. That's really what we're going to leave it at. That part. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even call it. So Thanks. I personally know him. And, uh, you know, he's he's a cool dude, man. And, uh, you know, we'll get into that more on Tuesday when I pretty much give you the rundown on his name and, you know, a little bit that I know of him. For sure. Because I'm not going to go and give no biography. But, you know, I'll give the rundown. Right. So, but, uh, you know, definitely. So stay tuned. And uh, hopefully, you know. Y'all like this episode, and even if you don't, like he said, just leave us the comments because even if you don't like it, you can tell us where we went wrong, and then, you know, we go and knock that out the, the way, and then we right back up top. For know, sure, so. for sure. And that's the thing. So reach out to me on Instagram at GZ underscore hoops. Send me any questions, any topics that you guys want to hear for the next upcoming episodes. We really appreciate that, and plug yours, Mark. Mine's is Breaking Barriers Training All One. And uh, like he said, we appreciate that. And the follows we've been getting because the follows been coming in crazy. I don't know about yours. Yes, sir. But, um, you know, every time me and bro share, it's just we find a, a new person with a, a new check mark or something of sort. So, you know, we just trying to network for not only ourselves, but, you know, to put our little city on the map and to, you know, do everything we can for everybody yes, sir. you know so yes sir man uh, well i think uh i think that's really all we got for today bro like i said all you guys listening we appreciate you send us a question for next episode so we can end it with a breaking barriers question of the episode and we'll talk to y'all on tuesday man yeah for sure man and you know again we want to thank anchor apple spotify the whole gang as my my bro said <laughs> yes, sir. and and uh you know that's another day in, in the breaking barriers pod episode 10 yes, sir Appreciate you, bro. All right, bro. I'll tap in with you. For sure.